Art is too important not to share. Welcome to the Allie and Callie Artcast. Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Callie, and we're with the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance. Hello, everyone. Hello, everybody, yes. and welcome to the Allie and Callie Artcast. Yes. We're doing it a little different today, so excited. I know. We're on Zoom with our guests. With our guests. Yeah, that we'll introduce in a minute. In a minute. But what's going on? Are you finally acclimated from being back from Italy? It's taken a while. I I think I've been back about a week, and I'm still a little, I still wake up at two in the morning, Mm -hmm. and then I go back to sleep. But, oh yeah. And we've got uh, my son's dog. I do is, that every day. Uh, I didn't go to Italy. I know it's horrible. I hate it, but um, I'm getting better. And we started rehearsals for Singing in the Rain. Oh, nice. That I'm directing with mm-hmm. my friend Jen Kleinkopf. And that'll open in August with Aspire Community Theater. And that was fun. We had our first read through last night. So that'll be really fun. I'm Yay. a little trying not to get uh full of anxiety over that but Good idea you know it's a it's a big show mm-hmm. it's, you know you got to make rain on stage right yeah without ruining the stage yeah it's a challenge so <laughs> anyway yeah, what about how you? Do you how do you do that anyway? well it's gonna be magic magic <laughs> I love magic it's like they say in Shakespeare's in Love. Yeah. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's a, a mystery. mystery. Yeah. So we're we're gonna do it because the last time Singing in the Rain was done there, they um ruined the stage and cost seven thousand dollars. Oh no. Actually more than that, because the wood oh, on the God. croc stage is from Italian Italy. It's Italian wood. It is Italian wood. <laughs> it's not crazy. Back to Italy. You guys let's can talk have a conversation. <laughs> no. Hello, Floor. Hello, Floor. I went to Italy. I, I walked on your grounds. <laughs> anyway, and what about you? Oh, I'm just, I I had the highlight of my season yesterday. Yeah. And I got to see the new oh. concert trailer that is already it's it's ready beautiful. to go. It's green now. I it's a little love shorter. It. I love it. I saw it and I couldn't believe it was the same trailer. It's, uh, yeah. It's like from Ugly Duckling to uh, Beautiful Swan. Beautiful Green Swan. We had a, we it's had a. Like it's seriously, it's like, it's like punk rock. It's, it's so it's, cool. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. It looks like. We had a trailer um, that uh, was an old horse trailer and it was. Rusty. Rusty. It was that rusty red color and it had a fiberglass top that, that was, was all just, moldy. Yeah, not good. Yeah. And now it's clean and gorgeous. And, yeah, it looks great. Yeah. Anyway. So check excited. us out at the Riverstone Concert Series. Exactly. Starting soon. Right. I don't July. July 6th. 6th mm-hmm. is the first concert. You bet. 6 to 8. And uh, our guest today, one of these days, I'm going to get him and his band up here to play for us. Now, that would be cool. Yep. So who is our guest today, Allie? So our guest today is Andrew Boyd. Oh. He just happens to be my nephew. What? And I'm really proud of him. He is a audio engineer producer in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Andrew, for being here. Oh, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, welcome. I'm excited to hear more about what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited to talk more about what I do because I still am trying to figure it out. <laughs> so tell tell me about your background. I know Allie probably knows all about your background, but how did your adventure start in music? 
Well, it started when I was pretty young. My mom just put me into like, like music classes like as a kid. I forgot what they were what they were called. It was some like acronym for like starting music at an early age, but basically the lady told my mom to never not let me play a musical instrument. Yeah. Even like from two from two years old, she was like, "Yeah, he just He's he needs to keep playing." Yeah, what so I don't playing? I I don't know. I was just probably just beating on random things like xylophones <laughs> or whatever, and they were like, "Who knows?" They could have just been blowing smoke, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So it started when I was pretty young, doing uh like piano lessons up until like i think seventh or eighth grade or something like that and then i, I anything my parents made me do i just hated and right. yeah <laughs> which seems them. yeah which seems to be a theme and uh <laughs> but uh i'm glad um i well i got away from the piano because i was like oh this is annoying i have to do piano lessons but i'm grateful for that then in high school i picked up a bass guitar and that's kind of where my actual like love for music started and just like starting a band in high school and kind of going from there and then going to college just because basically just because my parents wanted me to just go to college and doing music uh, i was at virginia tech and i was just i i didn't i had no interest in what in what i was doing at virginia tech was just missing class because I would be up late just working on music in my uh, dorm room and eventually just stopped going to Virginia Tech. And my friend at the time was going to a five-week summer camp at Berkeley College of Music. And that's where I'd first heard of Berkeley. And I was like, hey, I'm, I like music now. Uh, maybe I'll just try to see if I can get in there. Or, you know, I don't, I don't really know what else I'm going to do. So I ended up uh, applying, auditioning, and getting in and was able to make it through the whole program and graduate with a, a bachelor's of music uh, in music production and engineering. And through that program, they did a, a trip to LA where we could visit a bunch of studios and just get a bunch of contacts. And uh, one of those one of the studios we visited was Interscope Records, and as soon as I finished school, I, at the the urging of my father to find a job after school, <laughs> uh, I ba I basically just emailed every single one of those contacts that I met in LA, and the manager at Interscope responded in literally two minutes and said, "Do you live in LA? Do you have a car? When can you start?" Oh, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, I was just like, oh, dang, I guess I got to actually consider this. Yeah. yeah. But, um, and yeah, so basically at that point, I just knew I had to move to LA because they wouldn't, they wouldn't give me a job unless I actually lived there. And yeah, my dad was kind of upset about that. He's like, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, what do you mean they can't give you a job? Like uh, when I get a job, I know months beforehand and I'm like, well, it doesn't really work like that. I just got to yeah, right. be there and. Yeah, moved out to LA and had my second interview uh, with Interscope, and they were like, "Yeah, we'll call you if we have work." And four days later, they were like, "Hey, can you come in?" And the rest is history. That's right. great. So, and how you're long still working for them, right? No, so I actually don't work for Interscope anymore. As of like a year ago, I think basically I was with them for like six and a half years, and. The goal of working at a studio is kind of to just find, like, you know, get work while you can and then find kind of your exit strategy. And mm -hmm. over the years and 
through COVID and all that stuff, there had been like studios that had been shut down and studios we reopened and so many changes that happened over the years. And um, last, uh, I think it was, yeah, two years ago now, like right when the the most recent studio was opened, I was put on a uh, the Kendrick Kendrick Lamar project. And from there, I started getting work elsewhere through people who were connected to him. And that's kind of what uh, helped me get some work after that project ended. Because I, I was already, there had been so many changes and so many things that I had gone through there that I was kind of looking for a way out at that point. And once that, pro like, I did not expect that project to be coming into that brand new studio because He's Kendrick Lamar. He can go to any studio he wants on the planet. So uh, mm. I, the last thing I thought was, oh, why would he want to come to this studio? But he did. And that's what kept me around there until that project was done. And as soon as that project was done, I had other work that was asking me to come to them. So the timing was pretty, pretty perfect for all that stuff. So yeah. now you're kind of independent. They call yeah. you yeah, I'm just like a freelancer, freelance contractor. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Mm -hmm. To be in demand, right? That's what awesome. was it like working with Kendrick Lamar? Uh, it was it was it was really cool. He's he's honestly one of like the nicest people I've ever worked with. He, after working with so many people over the years, like it was, I guess it makes sense, like how nice he is, and like just like how much of a a genius he is obviously with all the all the accolades and stuff that he has but um mm -hmm. yeah it it was like it was it was just really really easy working with him and cool to like uh see the whole process and like see how he does it and um after being working with so many people like who aren't really like anybody that n most people would know like mm -hmm. and they like a lot of people who don't have as much exposure as someone like Kendrick Lamar will be a little more like rowdy and like aren't as like respectful I guess yeah. is is the word they they just they think they're on top of the world and like but then someone like Kendrick Lamar is like the nicest person ever and like so chill and right like it, it makes sense like mm -hmm. like yeah you know greatness goes all the way to being a good person uh, right that's cool it's yeah. nice to hear yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about a typical day of, of, of working. Uh, it's a little different these days. Um, I kind of just, uh, I, I work for a company called TDE, Top Dog Entertainment right now. And they're just, they're a, a record label that uh, Kendrick used to be on. But this most recent album was the last album he needed to fulfill his contract. Mm -hmm. So uh, once that was over, he... Is doing he has his own company now and is doing his own thing which mm -hmm. makes sense but yeah so basically td uh i started working for td and i basically do uh, a bunch of mixing for them as well i as well as uh recording for some of their artists like this guy absol this is is this artist that i was working with for a while and that was my first major label or major he's he's independent on tde uh but he it was my first major project that i was kind of like overseeing and mm -hmm. uh mixed the entire thing and also and recorded most of it and he's been on tour and he's he had he had twins recently so he's been kind of 
AWOL. Ever since then, I, TD kind of just sends me songs to mix and get ready for release kind of thing. Yeah, so that's I do most of that out of this studio here. Mm -hmm. uh, so I come here most days, but sometimes I have to go to the TDE studios if they need me out there for something. Mm -hmm. Right. Because sometimes, uh, well, I know that there's a, a couple of songs that you've that you've produced that you actually recorded also. Right. Yeah. A lot of a lot of songs that I uh, record Well, these days, a lot of songs that I record, I'll also like do mixing for mm -hmm. and stuff like that or add production elements to it if they need me to. But uh, yeah, kind of nowadays, you kind of have to be able to do a little bit of everything because uh, someone they'll just go to someone else who can do it if you can't. So it, oh sure, it helps a lot nowadays to be able to do it all. So right, uh, and yeah, technology has helped a lot with that and the advancement mm -hmm. of technology. Didn't you play like the bass or song that's going to be used for the Pixar movie? Oh yeah, the Bacar song. Yeah, Helen back. Helen. Yeah, I, yeah, I played bass for that. That was a. That was uh, almost four years. Yeah, I think it was four years. I think it came out in 2019, like uh -huh. late summer 2019. Uh, that song came out, and this past April, it it went platinum. Yeah, I think that that it uh, being in the Pixar movie definitely helped with that, uh, which came out this past week. I I'm haven't. I gotta go see it. What's the name of it? Helen Bath. Helen, Helen Bath. Oh yeah, the name of the song. And uh, apparently, the the Pixar movie kind of flopped. Uh, oh really yeah i've been seeing yeah. I, i've been seeing some articles saying that it's like one of pixar's worst opening weekends oh dang movie. worst uh, with, movie with the, the best song yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it, it was interesting because the, the guys who also uh worked on it the guys from beach noise uh who I, this is this is their studio uh beach noise studios or we call it sweatshop because it's where we come to get a lot of work done. This is their studio and they kind of, they just gave me a room here to like be able to work on stuff. And so that way I could be around to do stuff for them too. So it was the song this week had just reached like 300 million plays on Spotify alone. Mm. And uh, after the day after the movie came out, it was, it jumped up like 5 million plays. Wow. So hopefully that I think, if the song's in the movie, then all the songwriters get their name in the credits. Yeah, right. So yep. Hopefully, I'll see my name in the credits if I ever go see the movie. But uh, yeah, well, I'm gonna go see the movie, so yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know if I I'll be looking. Good. I have a friend who um he actually won a Grammy with he wrote lyrics with and daylight for um do you know Sam. I know this is weird. It's like, hey, do you know this person? But you never know. It could be. Yeah. yeah. His name is. <laughs> it's so funny. Sam Martin, and he he has worked with Kendrick Lamar, and he's worked with Maroon Five and all these people. But he won a Grammy, and he had a song in store, and it it was with Kendrick Lamar, and he was nominated for Grammy. Right. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I know. That it, that name sounds familiar, but he's also a singer it? too. But oh, really? Yeah, he's singer. He's bald, super bald. And so is he, is he an artist or? Yeah. Is he, oh, he okay. He does both. He does and, both, but he's mostly an artist. Uh, Sam singer. Martin. Is that his? Uh, is that his artist name too, or does he have a different artist name? He's S A M M Martin. 
is his mm. artist name. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, that's just a weird thing. I just thought it was, right. you know, you never know. They'd be like, oh yeah, he lives right next door. Well, <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But no. It's a but, small world. You never know. But right. But anyway, it's a big city. It so. is a big city, but <laughs> just, it's a big city, but it's a small town. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> and it just I know how hard he has worked to get. I mean, he's been in the business a long time and then recording his own stuff and then he goes over in europe he's big in like in weird countries oh, where wow. you're like wow he's like sells out stadiums uh-huh. it's really yeah. bizarre but right anyway he's worked with kendrick so i thought maybe there's maybe. this weird connection yeah, that right connect somehow but right. anyway hey y'all it's jason from tubs coffee roasters we are north idaho's specialty coffee roaster we are homegrown and we are local we love coffee and we love our community, especially Allie and Callie in our cast. We have a retail space in our roastery in Hayden, and we can also be found on the shelves at Super One and Yolks. And if you like to buy coffee online, we do offer subscriptions. You can find us at tubscoffeeroasters.com. Support arts and culture and your local roaster. That's all. So tell us about the Grammys. I know. I, speaking of Grammys. I'm just like very curious. Like, was that your first time going? Yeah, that was my first time going. Uh, it was actually really lucky that I got to go. Uh, I would, I probably would have been able to go anyways uh, if if it wasn't for the rule change. But so basically this past year, they updated the rules for uh, for nominations and um, if you, so the rule used to be, and they have specific rules for every single category, like there yeah. rules as to who gets nominated, who gets, who gets a trophy, who gets a plaque, all that stuff. And they're very specific. And I was reading a lot about them when all the nominations came out. This is the first year that any project that was nominated for album of the year, any producer, engineer, artist, or songwriter that was on the project got nominated. It used to be and still is like best rap album, best pop album, those categories. You have to be credited as an engineer, producer, songwriter, or artist on 33% of the record to be considered for a nomination. But this was the first year they they made it just for album of the year that anyone who was connected to the record got nominated. So that was like... It was pretty lucky. And if, I mean, I was helping out with this project starting like five years ago and if COVID hadn't have happened, the the album would have come out two years before it did. And I wouldn't have gotten a nomination because they wouldn't have changed the rule yet. So So one good thing came out of COVID. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So where were you when you found out that you got nominated? I was, I was just at home. I mean, it was special, but it wasn't like, I knew like Kendrick gets nominated like every year for at least best rap album. So I knew that was coming. The last three albums he's put out have been nominated for best rap album and best album of the year. So I wasn't surprised, but it was cool to to be able to say that I was nominated for that. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was a long process for reading all the rules and and all of the stipulations that you need to- uh, Who knew they would have all the rules? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. 
And then, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of old dudes in a room uh, <laughs> voting for or voting for which which one should win and which <laughs> yeah, one yeah. shouldn't and um... which, which one they need, which album they need to have in the category or which albums they need nominated to, you know, have a good spread of artists and not just seem like they're playing favorites. Right. right. And what was the exact award? Album of the year. He, uh, Harry Styles won that, which makes sense. He's definitely more worldwide. I mean, Kendrick's worldwide, but he's definitely, he definitely reaches, Harry Styles for sure reaches more ears than, yeah. than Kendrick, um, at least comparing Harry Styles' most recent work to uh, Kendrick's most recent work. Yeah. As soon as I, as soon as I heard Harry Styles was in there, I was like, oh yeah, he's, he's going to win it. Um, right. <laughs> but I mean, at least Kendrick did win for so, best rap album. Mm-hmm. So I at least got a Grammy award for that one. But if he if he had won best album of the year, you would have actually gotten a trophy. Yeah, I would have actually gotten a statue, uh, which would uh, been cool. I at least get a plaque. So I can at least say on my resume that I'm a Grammy award winner. Oh, yes. Yeah. Just so you know, awesome. I'm listing you in the in our credits as Grammy award winning audio and <laughs> your producer yeah <laughs> not many people can say that that's right right yeah yeah and even go just going was such a was such a cool experience yeah. and what were your favorite parts about being there i definitely the the red carpet was the best part yeah because the the event was cool but it's definitely like when you watch it on tv it seems like so glamorous and like obviously like they're only showing like the best bits and the best like mm-hmm the best views of everything and when you're there it's kind of like okay yeah this is a cool show and like it's cool to see all the performers and stuff but it, it definitely does drag on a little bit when yeah but sure. uh, yeah the red carpet was really cool getting to just walk down and just because like no like working at interscope being at the studio you see so many people come through and it's part of your job to just be like okay that's just the norm this is just the normal day-to-day for us we're you know kind of uh numb to like having famous people come through because you can't be like fanboying over an artist who comes in like that's not what they they want to they want to feel like we're just there working and yeah but actually being in an event where it's like all the famous industry people get to come out and like it's like a night for them it just it felt re- it felt really cool to like be a part of it and mm-hmm. get to like experience it on the same level as as those people and then obviously the the Taylor Swift picture yeah, yeah right yeah that that was pretty cool we were we were in line cuz they have like just they had just like a line for uh people who wanted to at the end of the red carpet, there's the press section where you walk through and 50 photographers are just like taking your picture and you're just walking down the line and getting your picture taken. And me, uh, my girlfriend, Kate, and my friend, Troy, who was also nominated on the project for playing drums, he he was right in front of us and forgot who was right in front of him. It, was, it wasn't it was Chris Stapleton. It was some, some country artist was standing right in front of him and he went and then our friend Troy went down the, the press section and they're like, oh, hold on, hold on one second. Stop. Uh, we, we just got to hold you for one second. And they let Taylor Swift in right in front of us. They're like, we're sorry about this one. I'm like, no, this is totally fine. And we're like, please don't worry about us. And she's very tall and very pretty. And uh, yeah, it was crazy seeing her like that close up. That yeah. was really and, fun because because we were up uh, watching the 
all of us were watching the Grammys and, you know, we're watching the the red carpet action and we're looking for Andrew. And I remember seeing um, Taylor Swift get up there, but I didn't see Andrew on TV. Mm -hmm. And so I sent him a text and I said, have a good time. I hope, you know, I hope this was a great night for you. And I get this text back with a picture of him right behind Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that is so great. Yeah. And it was cool because, um, my girlfriend Kate, she like, I mean, I, I, I tell her all the time about like stuff that happened to the studio, and it was cool for her to be able to be there and uh, mm-hmm. kind of experience it a little bit too. And it was funny because like I don't, I don't listen to that much country music or know much about like any of the country artists other than the the ones who are like on the top of the charts. But uh, mm. she, we were there, and she was just like, oh my god, that's that's uh luke luke combs or that's this this kelsey ballerini and like mm-hmm. I'm like, i don't know who those people are <laughs> i mean i i know who they are but i was like oh i'm surprised you yeah uh, right like most most country artists just look like very normal people and uh they're not extra at all um mm-hmm, right so it was it was cool because she was like try i was like she's like okay i got it to keep it calm <laughs> that's cute that is funny that's sweet super yeah. sweet so funny, funny story the closest i've ever gotten to an award ceremony is when i was living in los angeles um i got asked to to be one of those seat fillers oh <laughs> they were like yeah come to the i think it was the oscars actually they were like you know you just show up you know dress nice whatever we just put you in a seat. We, you stand over here. And then when somebody gets up to go to the bathroom, the or they, you fill a seat. That's oh, hilarious. That there's empty seats. And right. I didn't get to do it. Oh, bummer. <laughs> that would be fun. It would, be, would fun. be fun. I'd just love sit, Yeah. You just get to sit next to like Robert Downey Jr. Because his wife's going to the bathroom or something. Yeah. <laughs> I would, exactly. I would totally do that. I would do that. <laughs> gotten paid too if i remember correctly oh that's funny fun well i know you you uh write songs and have recorded an album are you working on anything not really uh i mean i still like make music and just work on songs or beats just to have in my back pocket in case anyone's ever just like oh do you have any music Mm -hmm. and also just do it just to keep like the creative gears turning in my head. But these days I'm definitely more focused on uh, mixing and mm-hmm. trying to just get better at that. And then, yeah, kind of whenever I get downtime, I can kind of just work on music and just experiment with sounds and stuff like that. Do a, a lot of like weird sound making stuff. And right. I like a lot of little like musical toys. So what is that gadget? It's just a noisemaker. You can just it's make... just a little a noisemaker, but you can run audio in and out of it too and uh, make really weird sounds with it. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of weird sounds. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is the song um, back to Helen back. Um, <laughs> I bought when you when your album came out, I was one of the first ones to buy it. um and when i heard the song helen back it was before i knew you had any involvement in it at all and it's so funny because i listened to that and it sounds like your voice (laughs) it sounds like every time i hear that song i always think think of you and then one day i'm driving around with my son connor 
And Connor says, yeah, did you know Andrew worked on this song? He's playing bass in the background. And I'm like, did he sing it too? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm not British, so <laughs> maybe if I was if I was British, uh, I would sound exactly like that. Hopefully, <laughs> I, really, I really like his voice, but Car's voice, he's yeah. got a really cool voice. It is. Oh, it's a cool it's from song. The Cars, right? The Car movie, right? No, it's, Ooh, it's from a... the Pixar movie. It's called Elemental. 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 Okay. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. I'll look for it. Right. So, are you still playing in a band? No, not really. I, uh, I mean. Technically, Beach Noise is a band, even though they don't have any Beach Noise music out. There's definitely Beach Noise songs floating around the studio here. But uh, so far, there there hasn't been any live Beach Noise performances or music release. But there, we did a few years ago, actually around the time when Helen Back was recorded, written and recorded, we were at a studio called Shangri-La. It's Rick Rubin's studio in, in Malibu. And we set up some microphones outside uh it's right on the beach in malibu and we just captured like six hours of we called it shangri-la ambiance <laughs> and that's uh you can find that on streaming platforms i love it shangri-la ambiance i'm gonna write yeah that down. we need a little it, of that right it's just six hours of waves and beach, beach noise and and wind and i bet i could sleep to that i bet you could yeah. turn that on at 2 a.m there you yeah. go yeah and then and then every now and then if you listen long if you listen through, through it all you'll hear like us like walk around the microphones and like have conversations and just like it's just shangri-la ambiance mm -hmm. and we gotta it. we're working on uh the next one uh at their house in playa del rey we're gonna call it playa del ambiance <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we, yeah, we gotta we gotta find the next the next place that uh fits into that wordplay. Right. Yeah, that's funny. Oh funny. That's great. So what do you have coming up and what are your what are your long-term plans? Well, coming up, I've been I've just been mostly doing mixes for uh TDE artists. There's this one artist called uh her name's Dochi. She's, yeah. she's kind of up and coming right now. And uh, I've actually heard of her. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, she's a, uh, I don't get out much. Yeah. <laughs> or you might be thinking of Doji Cat. Oh, Doji Cat? yeah. Probably. Oh, that's probably that's it. Who it's, that's I probably was like, it. how do I know that? Yeah. <laughs> it's <yeah>. so weird. <laughs> yeah, she's I'm 60. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, would, I was, I was going to be really surprised. <laughs> heard of her, oh. her but she's like yeah she's just starting out and um she's like a female rapper and, but she's also a really amazing singer too i've just been i've been mixing her songs and the the most recent song of hers that i mixed i i don't know what the the official count is but i know that it reached i think it it peaked at number 80 on the hot 100 Oh. And it recently hit number one for U.S. Rhythmic Radio. I'm going to my Spotify right now. Oh, cool. uh, yeah, and she, yeah, so she's definitely on her way up. And I, mm -hmm. I mixed the song that she's going to come out with next, uh, and hopefully that one does as well or better than this song because she could definitely become the next big TD, or she is on her way to be like the next big thing for TD. 
So uh, it's cool to be able to have a hand in mixing her music. And a, a lot of stuff nowadays is like back, you know, 15 years ago when someone mixed a song, it was just kind of like everything's there. Just make it all fit together and sound good. And mm-hmm. nowadays when you mix a song, people expect you to add elements that would be considered production. And that's kind of where the whole you need to be able to do everything comes in because I'm I'm like adding stuff that would be considered production just to make the mixes feel, like sound better and feel better and fill everything out because I'll get some songs and there there's like nothing in them and nothing to them and I have to like figure out a way to fill them out with like production elements and stuff like that. So it's, it's fun for me, even though I'm not getting production credits, people nowadays hear mixes and, or they'll hear production and be like, Oh, this mix sounds so good. And when it could, it was probably some like production elements that they think was part of the mix. So that's what has kind of been helping me uh, these days get more mixing jobs because I know production well, so I can add production elements that disguised as mixing elements. Oh, oh wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. So you're getting your name out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good to like, just be, be, be able to get projects that a lot of people will listen to and uh, hopefully look up the credits and be like, Oh, who mixed this song? Oh, it sounds great. Like, right. yeah. Right. So, that's it's, good. It's definitely an art form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 D O E C H I I. Yeah, that's her. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Dochi. Right. So, are your parents okay with you now not being at Virginia Tech? Oh yeah, they're <laughs> they're finally they're finally understanding and accepting it these days. Um, it took years before they're like they they just. I mean, they're still they're still trying to figure it out, but uh, <laughs> they're they're kind of understanding these days that you can't really understand some things. A career in music that's hard, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's hard no matter what, but it looks like you're on your way. For yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm just hope hoping or hopeful to see what's next because I I know from the the it's been a little over seven years that I been in LA but it's always like okay I re I get somewhere that I wanted to be and then it's like okay I'm here I'm I'm I've got this this part down all right what's what's coming next and how can I hone in on what's next and uh really make that work so mm-hmm. it's the music industry is good for people like me who I feel like I get bored with things really easily over the years I've gotten into like so many random things and then just kind of like left them behind uh for something else so the, i think the music industry is really good for that because it leads to a lot of different avenues that a lot of people just never consider like this would lead to this or this connects with this and yeah, the entertainment industry i guess in general is just like that i guess mm-hmm. right yeah. always changing a lot of variety yeah well, it's, right. it's, cool. it's, it's, it's interesting because like you watch a movie, you listen to a song, you forget how much work goes into making and how many people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, how many people are behind the scenes and all of those behind the scenes people, they have jobs and mm-hmm. it's, you know. I'm really glad that the Grammys changed the rules and made and made it so you guys that are, you know, because these singers wouldn't 
be where they are without you guys. Right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's great that you're getting the credit that you deserve. Yeah. Recognition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It takes a village. It takes yeah. a village. <laughs> you miss philosophy over here. <laughs> it does. A village of musicians, technicians, engineers, so, yeah. writers. Yeah. The singers yeah. like the. What? Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Someone like someone like Kendrick Lamar has so many people work on his album over the years, and so many people coming and going, and yeah, adding so much to it. It's uh, it's definitely cool to be able to to feel like I'm more of a part of that because of that. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, remind us what the name of your album is. My my personal album. Yeah, your personal album. Oh, it's called uh, "What the Future Holds." Yeah, and it was just kind of a compilation of songs I'd been working on for some, some had been a few years old and some were just a few weeks old. It was the first time I got COVID and I was quarantined in my room and mm -hmm. I was like going a little stir crazy. Cause I was, I lived in an apartment with two other guys and my bedroom was very small. And so I was mm -hmm. pretty much locked in there for 10 days and I was just like, I gotta do something. And so I just finished the album and released it and yeah it was it was good it was a relief because living with music like that and just like wanting it to be out of my head was <laughs> was very appealing and right. uh, just being able to move on from that was was really nice and uh it's fun to go back and listen to it because in the moment you listen to songs that you're working on, you're like always second guessing everything. But then when it's just out there and you can let it live uh, and then you come back to it and you're like, I don't know why I was freaking out. It sounds it's it's good. And like, I like it. And, right. Right. Uh, We're our own worst critics. That's yeah. yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Well, Andrew, we sure appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. Yeah, absolutely. This is awesome. It's know, fascinating. It awesome. I mean, that's a, it's a crazy business and you're, you're making a living out of it. So yeah. good for you. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we're really proud of you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Says Aunt Allie. Says Aww. Aunt Allie. <laughs> <laughs> now you have two more aunts. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. <laughs> there yeah, you that's go. Right. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, we'll be seat fillers at the Grammy. We will. That's right. <laughs> and maybe we'll get you back up here to Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, Coeur oh, yeah, I would love that. I was going to say it's Coeur What is it called? Coeur d'Ambiance. Uh, ambiance. There's definitely, there's, there's, there's something in there for sure. Something. That's right. I don't know. So, I, <laughs> I want to come back up there and find more morel mushrooms. It was so. That's right. That was, yeah. All righty. Well, thanks for visiting with us. And, yes. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you guys for having me. This was really you bet. Cool. It was interesting. And, it was. And good luck to you. And we'll look for you at the next Grammys. That's right. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll look for myself, too. I'll <laughs> we'll look behind Taylor and we'll find you. That's so right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, maybe she'll maybe she'll invite me as her uh, guest next year. Yeah, there you nice. go. There you go. <laughs> Well, I'm Allie. And I'm Callie. And whatever you do today, make sure it's creative. The Allie and Callie Artcast is a program of the Coeur Arts and Culture Alliance and is sponsored by NIA, North Idaho Alliance, a woman-based leadership organization designed to inspire, uplift, and impact your community and lives. And Tubbs Coffee Roasters, 
globally sourced, locally roasted coffee. 